slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope everyone had a great weekend, uh, a mixed weekend for the Islanders. A fall in overtime by a 2-1 to score, but that does keep the point streak alive at 17 games. So the Islanders now 15-0-2 and in their last 17, and the streak continues. We will break down and analyze that game, a game the Islanders really could have won, uh, but a few sloppy plays here and there and, and, and some failures with the extra attacker. So we'll have a full analysis of that. We'll also preview tonight's game in Anaheim against the Ducks as the Islanders continue their road trip. And we'll have this date in Islanders history as well. If you want to follow the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Isles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ice Wars NYR versus NYI, or you can uh, send us your questions or comments to our email address. That's lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you do, please uh, let us know what's on your mind, uh, something you want us to talk about, a comment, a question. Uh, just include your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to discuss anything you want on the show. All right, so. Let's get started on Saturday night's 2-1 to overtime loss, a tough loss in San Jose against the Sharks. And the Islanders did not exactly come off strong in the beginning of this game. And I, I think that has to be an issue that Coach Barry Trotz addresses. Now, look, they, they took a penalty early. Adam Pellick off for tripping just a minute six into the game. San Jose ends up with a power play they had. Four shots on goal on the power play, but the Islanders did manage to kill it off. Simeon Varlamov was good enough in goal, although he looked to be fighting the puck a little bit early on. But you go through the first roughly five minutes of this game, and it was San Jose out shooting the Islanders by a margin of seven to nothing. And that is just not the way to start. And you look back at the last few games, the the two games against Pittsburgh, the game against Philadelphia, the Islanders are having a rough time starting periods and often giving up a goal in the first minute, minute and a half of a period, getting outplayed, coming out just a little bit flat. Now, they're finishing exceptionally strong, and I don't want to be too critical when a team is on a 15-0-2 streak, but at the same time... I got to talk about what I see, and I want, you know, to analyze this fairly and with an objective eye. The Islanders are having trouble starting periods, and it's something that they really do have to take care of. Coming out flat-footed, getting behind the eight ball, it it is to the team's credit in a big way that this does not really affect them, that they manage to, 
consistently bounce back from these slow starts. But at the same time, you know, you don't want that to come in and affect your team because, look, hockey is a low-scoring game. Most teams are going to get two, three, four goals a game. Giving up that first goal very often is a tough thing to do, and it puts your team under a lot of pressure when you want to try to come back. Now, the Islanders did get their chance on the power play in the first period. Uh, Radim Simek out for hooking Michael Dalcol, and then they had a great opportunity while on the man advantage, but Beauvillier ends up hitting the post from the deep slot, and as a result of that, the game remained 0-0. That ends up being the score after 20 minutes, but the Sharks, you know, they outshoot the Islanders 13-6 in the opening 20 minutes, and, you know, really did kind of outplay the Islanders. You know, New York had that one power play opportunity. They had a couple of shots, a couple of uh, scoring chances, although they ended up with the post in the best of them. But uh, the Islanders did pick up their play as the period went on. And by the end of the period, they seemed to be carrying the play to San Jose. So reasons for optimism after a scoreless first period in the shark tank. But in the second period, again, the Islanders off to a little bit of a slow start. Well, first we had a, a, a rare fight with Brendan Dillon and Casey Sezin. Got a couple of shots in, probably hurt his hand though, ended up hitting uh, Sezikis in the helmet. Sezikis had a hit on Mario Ferraro that uh, the Sharks took exception to, and it ended up being Dillon going in and dropping the gloves with Sezikis. Each player ends up with five for fighting, so no manpower advantage as a result of the fisticuffs, but that was sort of the excitement in the first few minutes of the period. But then, again, the Islanders end up falling behind, and it's one of those things where they give up the first goal. The Islanders did have their chances, and it was Brock Nelson coming in on a breakaway, but Martin Jones of San Jose makes the save, and then going back the other way, the Sharks come down and end up taking the lead just, you know, immediately. How many times do you see that, where, you know, one team has the breakaway, the other team makes the score, and then it was uh, Marcus Sorensen scoring his fourth at 6.38 of the second period on a feed by Mario Ferraro. Joe Thornton also picks up an assist, and the Sharks have the one to nothing lead. But, you know, we talked about the Islanders and the way they've started slow sometimes, but that's a bad habit. Here's a good habit that this team has developed. They respond when the other team scores a goal. So less than a minute after San Jose takes the lead, Pellick takes a hard blast from the left point and Sezikis deflects it. The play is reviewed by the war room in Toronto, but it was not a high stick. It is a good goal. And just like that, Sezikis his fourth of the year from Pellick and Pulak, and it's a 1-1 hockey game at the 7.05 mark, so 27 seconds after San Jose makes it 1-0, the Islanders come back and even it up at one goal apiece. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. 
Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. If you're listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from LockedOn sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. So the Islanders had some more chances in the second period. Uh, the Sharks kept taking penalties and giving power plays, and you would think they'd be able to take advantage. You know, uh, 7.05, San Jose takes a bench penalty served by Kevin LeBanc, uh, and the Islanders can't cash in. Uh, another power play at 12.08, and then LeBanc off for slashing Beauvillier at 16.42. Brock Nelson with some really good chances during that man advantage, uh, but unable to come up with any goals. The Sharks still leading in shots on goal after 40 minutes by a 19-17 margin, and the game was all knotted up at one apiece heading into the third period. And, And the Islanders, you know, had to feel good. Varlamov was playing solidly in net, but... 0 for 4 after 40 minutes on that power play, and that statistic was about to get worse. Patrick Marlowe took a trip. He took down Scott Mayfield just 232 into the third, but the Islanders unable to get a power play goal, and that made them 0 for 5 with the extra attacker. Then LeBanc had back to the penalty box. He ends up tripping Pellick. And again, the Islanders come up short. They are 0 for 6 on the power play. Now, we talked about this on Friday's show, that the Sharks were the best penalty-killing team in the league coming into the game, having killed now 90.2% before going 6 for 6 against the Islanders tonight. But it was frustrating, to say the least, uh, that you go 0 for 6 on the power play. If the power play would have managed to score just one goal last night uh, against the Sharks, the Islanders certainly would have had uh, an opportunity. When you look at the standings, but wasn't meant to be, In the overtime period, in the end, Logan Couture scoring halfway through the overtime at the 2.30 mark from Evander Kane and Brent Burns, and it was the Sharks coming away with the 2-1 victory over the New York Islanders. Varlamov, 24 saves in 26 shots. He ends up being handed the overtime loss despite a 9-23 save percentage. Uh, the only goal of the game goes to Casey Zizekas. Both def- uh, assists came from defensemen. Uh, that was Pelik and Pulak. And, you know, it was interesting. The hits, Casey Zizekas with seven, Cal Clutterbuck with six, Matt Martin with five. So that line of Martin, Zizekas, and Clutterbuck reunited and doing their thing right there with a a total between them of 18 hits 
in this hockey game, and that that was certainly a good thing to see. Brock Nelson continues to do well in the faceoff circle. He wins 59% of his draws, 10 out of 17. Casey Zizekas had a rough game, winning only 4 of 12 of his draws in this contest. Overall, though, at the end of the day, the Islanders do extend their point streak to 17 games. That is a new franchise record at this point, and uh, 15-0-2 in the 17-game streak that dates back to October 11th. Talk about early in the season. Islanders at this point in the standings, uh, not that far off right now. Washington Capital still in first place in the Metropolitan Division at 16-4-5, 37 points. The Islanders, three points behind them at 16-3-2 for 34 points, but the Islanders have four games in hand to make up those three points uh, in the Metropolitan Division against the leading Capitals. So, uh, can't complain at all when you're on a 15-0-2 streak, but this is, again, one of those games that if you're an Islanders fan, you feel like the team could have and should have won. You, you can't be too hard on them when they're on this kind of a streak, but, uh, you know, you're on the road. You, maybe the the travel had something to do with it, the three-time zone difference, but either way, the Islanders end up coming up short on the uh, short end of a 2-1 overtime loss in their one visit this season to the Shark Tank in San Jose. The Islanders' scratches in this game, no surprise, Noah Dobson, the rookie defenseman, Ross Johnston, and Leo Kamarov are scratches. Uh, And again, it looks like Kamarov is playing every other game as they sort of uh, integrate him back in the lineup. That meant Otto Koivula uh, saw some time on the fourth line, and uh, he had a shot on goal in this game in six minutes and 32 seconds worth of action for the Isles. All right, still more to talk about. We'll have this date in Islanders history, and we'll preview tonight's game in Anaheim against the Ducks. All that and more still to come on Locked On Islanders. All right, so it is time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to November the 25th of 2011 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The matchup, the Islanders and the New Jersey Devils in a classic goaltender battle that uh, wasn't an easy one for the New York Islanders. They were in a tight goaltending battle. Al Montoya, Il Cubano, in the goal for the Islanders against Johan Hedberg in net for the Devils. And it was a scoreless first period, which saw some players drop the gloves Less than two minutes into the game, Michael Haley for the Islanders taking on New Jersey's Cam Jansen in a pretty good tussle. In the end, though, a scoreless first period between the Islanders and the Devils. In the second period, Michael Grabner off for hooking at 12.35, giving New Jersey the only power play of the second stanza, 
and they cashed in there. Peter Sikora, his fifth goal from Adam Larson and Adam Henrique. And at 14-13, the Devils had a one to nothing lead. That lead held up after 40 minutes. And then the Islanders had their chances in the third period. Michael Grabner on a breakaway could not quite get the puck on net. Grabner had so much speed and was such a great uh, player at creating breakaways, but he had a little trouble finishing on them, and that was indeed the case on this night. Then a breakaway again, and he is pulled down, Grabner, by Adam Larson, and with 6.50 left in a one nothing game, Grabner was awarded a penalty shot. He comes down, makes a deke, but Hedberg gets his left pad on the backhand attempt by Grabner and makes the save in the end despite the penalty shot. It was the Devils coming away with a one to nothing victory over the Islanders. A lot of block shots in this game, and it was the first of what was a home-and-home -home series uh, they met again a couple of nights later at the Prudential Center. Attendance, 15,358 at the Coliseum as the Islanders playing in their third jerseys, which back then were their black jerseys, fall to the Devils 1-0 despite the penalty shot attempt by Michael Grabner. That is this date in Islanders history, November 25th, 2011. All right, so let's continue with the preview of tonight's game in Anaheim against the Ducks. And uh, this is the second of their Islanders' three-game West Coast road trip. Anaheim in 24 games, 10-11-3, so 23 points, just one game under NHL 500, but they've only won 10 uh, of their first of their first 24 games overall. Fresh off a 6-2 loss on the road against the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, and now coming home to face the 16-3-2 Islanders. This is the first meeting between these two teams on the season. And uh, look, this is a team that struggles to score a lot of goals despite the fact that they do have some top-line talent enter this game 26th in the league in goals scored, which is not going to get it done. 2.71 goals per game. The Islanders in the middle of the pack at 13th at 3.14, but special teams have been a problem for Anaheim all season long. If you look at it right now, uh, it, it's a tough situation for them because they are 30th on the power play succeeding only 11.1% of the time. And on the penalty kill, not much better. 23rd with a 76.5 uh, penalty kill success rate. The Islanders in the middle of the pack again, 13th on the power play at 20%. On the penalty kill, they are 10th with 83.3. But, you know, you would think after struggling against San Jose, which has the best power play, uh, penalty kill rather, in the league. The Islanders' power play should do better this Monday night or tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. This should be a situation where the Islanders, with the man advantage, solid game. The issue is 
One player who hasn't even gotten a point on the power play yet this season, Brock Nelson. Here is a guy, Brock Nelson, who has scored some huge goals for the Islanders, who has come up big so many times, and yet he has not connected on the power play, not because he hasn't had chances, because he's gotten enough ice time out there with the man advantage, but he hasn't been able to cash in, and that's unusual, and it's something the Islanders have to hope Nelson can fix in the near future. All right, the goaltending duo for the Ducks, John Gibson is the starter. He's started 18 of the team's 24 games, but his record is not quite so wonderful. Seven wins, 10 losses, one overtime loss, a goals against average of 3.02 and a 9314 goals against average and a 900 save percentage. Two of his losses have come in overtime. Right now, the leading goal scorer for the Ducks is Jakob Silverberg. He has nine and leads the team also with 18 points. But then three players have eight goals for this team. They have a balanced offense. Uh, Ricard Ra- uh, Raquel has eight goals and 17 points. Ryan Getzloff also eight goals, 17 points. And Adam Henrique, uh, the former devil who we mentioned earlier on this date in Islanders history, eight goals and 14 points uh, in what is a pretty balanced scoring attack for Anaheim. And the the line combinations, it's Raquel and Terry, uh, Troy Terry on either side of Ryan Getzloff on the top line. Adam Henrique centers the second line with Max Jones and Silverberg flanking him. Stam Steele is now centering the third line with Nick Ritchie and Andres Case uh, on his wings. So that's the top three lines right now. Uh, Hampus Lindholm and Eric Granberson are the top defensive pair and a good second defensive pair of Cam Fowler and Jacob Larson uh, for Anaheim. So, look, Anaheim doesn't score a lot of goals. They're not the most physical team. They are, in every sense of the imagination, and I mentioned they're one game below NHL 500. The Anaheim Ducks are a very average hockey team right now. There is some talent there. They're just struggling to find consistency on a day-to-day basis. Coming off that very difficult and frustrating loss, 6-2 to two in Tampa. And now, look, the Islanders by this point should be used to the time difference in California, the three-hour earlier time difference. So this game for the Islanders' bodies is going to be starting at 10 o'clock at night. So they have to get used to that a little bit. But again, they've been out there a few days already, and they should be ready to play uh, when the puck is dropped. And again, they've got to figure out a way to overcome that shaky start that they've had to a lot of periods. Let's see if they can continue the winning streak. It's at 17 games, 15-0-2, now all alone with that record and let's see how much longer they can keep it up. You know they're not going to win or get a point in the rest of their games this season, but I get the feeling they can come away with... I wanted to get at least five out of six points on this West Coast swing. That means they've got to beat Anaheim and L.A. We'll see if they could do it. We will be back tomorrow.
with a complete recap of this game, this date in Islanders history, and a whole lot more. Make sure you join us for that. If you can't stay up late to watch all of this game, we will, and we'll have the full analysis for you and break it all down right here on Locked On Islanders. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.